1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
2: Hey guys, it's Gabi from What's Gabi Cooking? And seeing as how we've all got a little extra time on our hands at home, um, hello, social distancing, let's get down to business in the kitchen. Come hang every Monday while we talk about all things food and I answer your burning questions about cooking, ingredients, swaps, tips and tricks, etc. I'm also gonna be highlighting super rad small businesses and we're gonna be learning about other incredible makers in the food world and who even knows what else. Anything's fair game in 2020, right? What's Gabby cooking in the wild? Here we come.
1: Hi there. I'm Lauren McGoodwin with teammates Alia Kamalova and Kayleen Holden. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work.
2: On today's episode, we're discussing confidence, how to strengthen your confidence and which practices are hurting your confidence.
0: We'll be sharing five habits that are destroying your confidence and what you can do instead. Plus, we just launched our brand new online course on confidence called The Confidence Crunch.
1: Strengthen your confidence muscles in 21 days. That's right. And when you enroll in the confidence course this week before Sunday, December 6th, 2020 at midnight Pacific Standard Time, you'll get a free bonus item valued at $45. $45. Absolutely free.
2: The bonus item is the confidence card. It's a deck of 52 power moves to build long lasting confidence all year long.
1: So a quick recap, enroll in the confidence crunch online course by Sunday, December 6 at midnight, and you'll get lifetime access to the video tutorials, an interactive workbook, confidence advice from experts like Reshma Sujani, and only for a limited time, like this week only a deck of confidence cards. We've linked to the course in the show notes, and you can also go to careercontested.com to purchase. And now this is The Females. Confidence is a topic that a lot of our listeners and even readers have written in to us about things like how to stay confident during quarantine or after a failure or maybe even a layoff. I know that especially as the months just continue to go on and on, it's like, whatever adrenaline rush you had in the beginning is starting to really, if it's not totally burnt out, it's it's about to. So we're really excited to cover this topic. Confidence has been particularly on our minds lately too, because we've been working on creating an entire online course about confidence, which will be out very soon, which we'll be sure to let you guys know about.
0: And we wanted to start this episode by first defining what we call it true confidence. So we define true confidence as having the secure feeling that you are capable and valuable without the influence of external validation. So we believe that confidence comes from within you and it shouldn't depend on how others perceive you.
2: And although they are heavily intertwined with one another, confidence can be broken down to inner confidence and outer confidence. So inner confidence is how we think about ourselves it's like that little voice inside your head that either hypes you up or constantly criticizes you. And outer confidence is how you present yourself to others. So it uh, includes your body language, your voice, and your demeanor. Both are really important, and strengthening one will naturally strengthen the
1: other. Yeah, and I just want to make a, a plug for the book, The Confidence Code. I probably read that. I want to say like maybe five years ago. And that was where it really opened my eyes into more like the science of confidence. And mm-hmm. that was when I actually realized, oh, some people really are born more confident. And this is a skill that you can learn. And just, I can't say enough good things about that book. I think they even have the confidence code for like younger kids. I, I, maybe yeah. it's just I girls. I think they
0: have it for girls. That's yeah. I want to say. It's so so good. Um, Yeah. It's really interesting, you know, researching for this like course, how much of it is just this like scientific, psychological basis and how things are proven to boost your confidence that you don't necessarily, you wouldn't think that it's like tied to science, I guess, but I bet pretty much Mm -hmm. everything is. You know, listening to music that has like a lot of bass in it actually boosts your confidence for like a short period of time. So little things that people do to like, where they're like, oh, I love this makes me feel really like or whatever. It's like probably based <laughs> mm-hmm. in science. It actually has effect on you.
1: There are people who have like a confidence color. I, I think we've we've researched this, too. Like there was this woman who's told us whenever she goes to a conference, she always wears yellow, not just because it's like a great networking piece, because people are like, oh, yeah, the the woman who's in the yellow shirt. But it makes her feel better. It's it's I mean, I don't know the science behind like a good hair day, but I know that that works, yeah. oh. <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> a good hair day and a good outfit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Truly. The other thing about confidence that I think is really valuable, especially right now, is that if you are a person who does you know, depend on a lot more outer confidence. So how people perceive you, maybe if your expertise is called on in a meeting or something like that, maybe you're struggling a little bit more with that. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. some of the questions we got were like, how do you stay confident during quarantine? Because I do feel like in the old days, (laughs) aka (laughs) pre-COVID days, you could have this like kind of checks and balances. There's a lot of cons to that system, but some of the pros were like, sometimes you felt like, Oh, I did I had an awesome day at work Mm -hmm. today or I killed it at work today and then you would confidently go into the next thing. Or for me, it'd be like if I started my morning off like working out, doing these, you know, getting through my email, my urgent emails and doing something else, you feel like you're on top of the world, Mm -hmm. you know. And now that it all blends together, confidence, while I know it's important, I do have trouble sometimes drawing the line with this stuff of like (laughs) what happened today? Does time <laughs> even matter? <laughs> like, yeah. did I, am I, am I doing well? Am I not? You know, that kind of well,
0: thing. Well, I think whenever you're constantly around other people, you get validation in a healthy mm-hmm. way. It's just in the form of support. So it's like, yeah, it just reinforces something that like about yourself that you hopefully already know. But again, it's like when you're just isolated, you're just like, oh my God. First off, yeah, the crazy state of the world doesn't make you feel great. And then plus you're not interacting um, with others the same way they used to. So it's definitely
1: a tough period right now, mm-hmm. which is why I think the point of this episode that we thought would be important to focus on is talking about habits that are actually really anti-confidence building habits, the things that are kind of destroying your confidence. And I know that destroying is such a, a strong word, but what we learn from doing all this research on the course we're, like we said, that you actually can strengthen your confidence. So then it becomes a, how do you do that? And I don't want to use like the gym metaphor too much, but the more and more we studied confidence, it truly is this muscle that either gets stronger or weaker. So we're going to talk about some habits today that would basically make your confidence weaker. And, and obviously these are things that you want to try to avoid. So we can go ahead and get into that.
0: The first habit on our list is not taking a compliment or praise. So it can be slightly uncomfortable because like how is one supposed to react, right? You don't want to seem like you have like a big ego or sometimes it can feel more comfortable and safe to demean yourself by saying, "Oh, I just got lucky or "Oh, it's not that big of a deal. But in reality, the more often you reject these genuine compliments and positive fact, the more you start to believe it. So our suggestion is instead try saying something like, thanks so much. I worked really hard for that. Or another option could be thank you. That means a lot coming from you. So I feel like that's honestly a great one to be like, if you're uncomfortable with spotlight or something to be like, push it on there. like give them a compliment by saying like, oh, it's really meaningful that you said this. So yeah, I definitely think it's really important to just take a compliment. And sometimes for some reason, it's like the hardest thing.
1: Sometimes I feel like when you're around someone who can never take a compliment, it almost starts to annoy other people. They're like, "Right. I I just want to give you the compliment. Like, I please take it." You know, like not to call you annoying, but it's like not only will you get less of those, but you might also I don't know, be be sending the wrong signal to people. I also like that you mentioned the word ego because I think mm-hmm. that someone who's really confident and also like can be easily misconstrued as having like you know a huge ego being a narcissist being full of themselves and I think for women this is especially a tough habit is that whenever you start to balance the line of like accepting the compliment or having confidence your brain also starts to go whoa 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 like we that was Mm -hmm. so extreme are you sure that you're not you know full of yourself or are you going to appear that way you know, take the compliment, but then also sort of examine, okay, were there any weird triggers that came about because of that? Or did I feel any weird way? Or was I perfectly fine with that? Because I know, I know that people like the brat, like, I don't want to come off as bragging. It's like we have all these words for the negative and we have one word for the positive confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely.
0: I think the default is to make other people feel comfortable in a situation when Mm -hmm. the other person in the situation is complimenting you like they're not (laughs) like no one forced them to say a compliment so it's like why immediately bring yourself down and be like okay but I'm not as better than you it's like no they thought that you did a good job on this so
2: (laughs) they're saying it I would love to know like more of the science of that of what your brain's doing by being like no this isn't for me like and like immediately redirecting and Aaliyah like your advice to to immediately volley back a compliment and i'm like yes that's amazing because like that's like the most comfortable like that's a comfortable middle mm-hmm. place i could land at but like just saying thanks seems like,
0: still <laughs> seems really so uncomfortable to do. that just like thanks. oh my god she knows that was she did a good job that's crazy of her to think that <laughs> even though everyone here thinks so like they're going to come back and be like okay it wasn't that great you weren't just yeah. supposed to say thank you <laughs>
1: Oh man. I, I definitely, I did that on a podcast interview recently and the woman I did. Oh, well, thanks. I'm, you know, I'm always surprised that I I forget. I have this like uncomfortable default that I go to. And the woman on the podcast who's interviewing me, she's like, no, you need to own it. Like you should just accept that. It was, it was, I was like, yeah, call me on my shit. Like you're right. I, I definitely volleyed it back because it made me more comfortable to have it not, be this like high praise of me but guilty guilty is charged with that okay <laughs> the second habit is insisting on perfection so when we set expectations on ourselves to be perfect this is just a recipe for disaster because no one is perfect so setting such a high expectation will lead to probably natural disappointment and worst of all i think it just leads to being really hard on yourself so not only is this you know the only thing a perfectionist does perfect is sort of keep moving the finish line on themselves, which does not set you up to be fulfilled in life. You know, it just makes you feel like you are on that constant hamster wheel, never getting anywhere. So instead, this is obviously easier said than done, but embrace imperfection and failure. So try doing something outside of your comfort zone. Let yourself fail. Don't be good at it. And then like talk about it, be open about Mm -hmm. it. Somehow find a way to enjoy the fact that you tried playing tennis and you were terrible at it or that you were wrong. A book I read recently, the author talks about how like they think one of the greatest characteristics of humans is being able to like be okay with like not being right all the time. And and I, I've noticed this too with like especially high achievers that that is a struggle for them because it's It's like admitting defeat in some way, Mm -hmm. shape, or form. But also, it is so annoying to work with someone who's like never wrong or be in a relationship with someone where it's always your fault. So it's like these perfectionists, I think they can struggle in more, not just with themselves, but also with other people and stuff. And one last thing before we discuss this is that we actually had Reshma Sajani. She was on. An earlier season of the epi- uh, of the females she's the founder of Girls Who Code, and she also wrote Brave, Not Perfect, which is a fantastic book so i'll link to that episode in the show notes because you know I really like that she talks about she- how can you choose bravery, which is that you know embracing imperfection or failure over perfection so we'll link to that if you guys want to kind of study more on uh, the topic of perfection, but mm-hmm.
0: yeah? I think that this is a good habit to like perfection as a habit to leave behind during quarantine specifically because yeah. you have more opportunities to do something new or try something new and just fail at it <laughs> it won't be in front of others failing too it'll just yeah. be like and fail in private yeah exactly <laughs> the best way to fail <laughs> yeah
1: well and your routine has been so disrupted in a way mm-hmm. where it's like you actually have this opportunity to like you know, not rely on the way things used to be or how you, you, you expect them to go. I obviously I talked a lot about this in my book, but I've just have decided that having expectations and I know it's so hard not to do, but like they're the worst because they like ultimately lead you just down this path of, like it's not going to go well because no matter what you've imagined, it probably isn't going to go like that. And it's so hard not to do that. But it it makes me think of like, have you ever had like the best time at a party that you were like, oh, I almost didn't go to this party. I didn't want to like I I didn't want to go. And then I but it has nothing to do with the party probably being amazing. It's the fact that your expectations (laughs) were like nothing, you know? Yeah,
2: definitely. And our third habit is one we're probably all pretty familiar with. It's comparing yourself to others. I think this is something we're all guilty of from time to time, but it's actually terrible for our self-confidence. This especially comes into mind in the age of social media. In reality, there is no quote-unquote correct timeline for celebrating big life events like promotions, buying a house, having kids, getting married. Instead of focusing on the quote-unquote success of other people, focus on what you can control to get to where you want to go. And of course, take breaks from social media.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's like no um, discussion, just, yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> This is a real thing mm-hmm. too. It's a researcher called it compare and despair. Like they they truly found that the more time you spend comparing yourself to other people, especially the internet makes that so easy. It literally leads you to become more depressed. And I don't know about you guys, but like the world's already depressing enough. You don't need to like add more stuff, but I don't know. And I I can't tell if this is something where we're just so used to it now that you almost, you, you don't even know how much you're maybe comparing yourself. But so I have a couple of friends who are all like between the ages of like 34, 36, one hasn't gotten married yet. One got divorced. And like, we talk about this a lot because there's like this pressure of these timelines. And I think women mm-hmm. feel this especially. And, and I, it always makes me so sad because it's like the timeline stuff is such made up It's Mm -hmm. so, it's so made up. And yet like, and then like, I've got my own timeline for something that I'm talking about. So it's like, one is marriage. One is kids. Mine usually has something to do with like professional success of some way, shape or form. And it's like, we're like, you know, tormenting ourselves over these like fake timelines. And so the, it, it happens. I don't know if this happens just more often because we always grew up with the internet and the ability to do this. I, and I, I agree. It's just like, I don't know how we all stop this, but we all know that it's not leading to to better paths.
0: It feels like the thing that's driving that like sense of urgency is like this feeling of scarcity, which really doesn't make sense. Like maybe I get it kind of if you're like within a company and your coworker gets promoted and you wanted that, whatever. It's very easy to draw that direct comparison, but sometimes it's so irrational where it's like, okay, this Mm -hmm. person I know bought a car and it's like, I'm I can still buy a car like it's not going to like escape me if that person gets that's the one car in the world or whatever it is. Um, And it's just yeah. like I think it comes down to like I don't know defining success as something like that mm-hmm. and then comparing it as like oh well I'm not successful and I need to be there. And so that feels like yeah triggering of a panic almost which it's like, it doesn't make sense, really.
1: The irony of this is that you're going to need confidence to so yes. probably move to that next step of whatever you want to do. But now you're overanalyzing and you're tearing s- yourself apart and you're actually... So whatever you're trying to do, you're doing the complete opposite and working against yourself.
2: I, I was going to say, you're com- I think a lot of times you're like comparing yourself. It's funny you brought up a car example because that's when I feel like I think about a lot because I'm like, I don't give mm-hmm. a shit about a car. Like, so why am I looking at this? Like, I love my little hatchback (laughs) honda fit i don't need a tesla i just like so if someone buys it it's great for them but like it's not it's really not Mm -hmm. part of my like like quote unquote success plan so why am i even it's just because it's like being served to me that i'm even looking at these things like we don't live in the same neighborhood and you and, and usually i think that's another thing is you used to compete with, like, you know, the people on your street, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day. <laughs> back when we all lived yeah, in the 50s. <laughs> Keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> yes, you know, I loved, uh, wish we could go back. <laughs> For <laughs> so we, many yeah. reasons. totally <laughs> yeah.
0: wouldn't have any rights. But, yeah, keep going, Kaylee. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. Um, no, but it's just, it opens, it opens <laughs> up to everything and like, every comparison. Like, uh, you know, buying houses, having kids, and it's like. I think it's important to like slow down for a second, be like, wait, do I even care about this thing? Like, it's great for that person, but does it even factor into what I even Mm -hmm. care about? And I think a lot of times my answer at least is no, I don't.
1: But I find that it it, it can do sometimes is cause this panic of like, but should I, should I want that? Why do I not have that? It's almost like I've noticed that people, I think people sometimes almost struggle more today with being like genuinely happy for somebody else where it's like, that was really important for you to have. I'm so happy you got it. And instead the default is like, you have this and I don't like, it's just, it's a, it's a bad cycle to be in, you know, that in our society, obviously we're, we're all guilty of this for sure.
0: I think the social media breaks are excellent. Like, yeah, I feel like, during quarantine, I've been so casual with the unfollows and like the mute. So and it's great. It's like yeah, you don't need to see people. Like I was like, I don't even understand why I follow this person. Like I don't even remember yeah why. But it's like yeah, you just are intaking so much information. Period. That it's so overwhelming sometimes. So even if you're not jealous or comparing yourself, it's like you are just because you're just intaking some other information. Our fourth habit to leave behind for your confidence is constant second guessing. So we have all experienced analysis paralysis. This is like where you get so caught up in thinking about a decision that you literally cannot make one. So instead, try being more confident about the choices you do make so you can spend less time worrying and more time actually doing things because that Mm -hmm. is the worst feeling, even like taking to a micro level, like when you're hungry and you want dinner and you're just sitting there being like, I have so many (laughs) options, which is like such a grateful thing. And you're just like getting more hungry and more upset by the minutes.
1: Yeah. So there's a great podcast. that's called Pivot and it's Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway. And they were talking about Quibi, which, Mm -hmm. you know, just uh, the other day announced that iconic (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. Quibi (laughs) forever in our vernacular. So Yeah, exactly. So, okay. If you guys don't know what Quibi is, it was this company that was going to have these short form videos. It was started by Jeffrey Kratzenberg and Meg Whitman, and they raised like almost $2 billion or something crazy like that. So anyway, in the podcast, Galloway goes, obviously the number one, the best thing that can happen to an entrepreneur is to be successful. But he's like, the second best thing is to fail Mm -hmm. fast. Right. And I thought that was really interesting because he's like, so many people will spend 10 years on something that's not working and this makes me think of like analysis Mm -hmm. paralysis it's like you spend so much time not being able to make a decision that like all this time passes versus if you had made the decision even if it didn't work work out and you failed fast that would have been better off than like spending the 10 years like trying to make something work and uh anyway it's it's a great podcast but I just thought like that lesson like is really good I guess for analysis paralysis too is like all you're doing is wasting your time and like ultimately probably going to make it harder for yourself too. Because in today's world too, I feel like you can make decisions and then pivot accordingly. And they talked about that too. They were saying how like Quibi should have started with like something small and then like, you know, pivoted their strategy based on like what was working. And so that's the whole idea is like the worst thing I feel like, like I have this motto that like your next move is your best move. And part of that is like because moving and doing something is better than sitting mm-hmm. still because you learn no matter what from it. So it's like the person who had to take a job that they hate right now who maybe feels like, oh, I'm I'm falling behind in my career. You're not because you're you're learning what you like and what you don't like. And, and just the fact that you're taking that bridge career is better than sitting there and applying for jobs online non-stop and just waiting for it to come to you so anyway that's <laughs> that's that's how Quibi somehow made an the story podcast episode <laughs> I'm if I listen to this
2: in a year I'm going yeah to, I don't remember what Quibi is or but, yeah. but then
1: they'll probably
0: have an entire other endeavor that's like you have more time to just on to the mm-hmm. next one and start a new thing I think also like It just wrecks your productivity to be constantly second guessing and just makes you feel so burnt out if you're unsure about something you're working on and then you spend all day just going back and forth. I feel like I'm guilty of this sometimes when it comes to design where I'll be like, make I have like two minor adjustments that I need to make. And I'll just look back and forth between two options for like too long. And then be like, okay, I have to just like go walk or something. And then immediately I know. Yeah. I really like this one a lot better. So it's like, it, it Mm -hmm. just drains you too in your day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really does. This happens to me. I always have this happen at like two or three in the morning. (laughs) I feel like that's when my, my brain is like, let's think of all the scenarios and possible options for this thing you know <laughs> and you're like and then you eventually get out of it and you're like that's so stupid now and and that causes a whole other cycle because you're mm-hmm. like I should be sleeping and I'm not <laughs> sleeping but I I think for women this happens a lot too because we are good at multitasking and so it's it's like the skill leads you know it, there's there's a dark side of that skill set like one is that we can get a lot done but the other side is like we can also think of every single option that can come from that. And that can be a struggle. So this is so much of a podcast of like (laughs) do as don't do as I do, but do as I say, (laughs) Um, because I, I know also in quarantine, the like going for the walk and getting out of your routine can help with those decision makings too it's it's just like sometimes you don't have that as much but
0: I think also second guessing sometimes can show that you don't want to do something like if you have to make a Mm -hmm. choice and you have like a gut feeling about like I don't know if this is good like that also is a good indicator to like probably don't do that thing or like if you if it's something about like choosing an option of um, moving
1: forward with something so yeah So our fifth and final habit to leave behind is staying silent when you want to speak up. So one of the best ways to practice confidence is to speak up for yourself and others. So when you stay silent, you are depriving yourself by speaking up. You're able to advocate for yourself and others. Not only is that crucial for confidence building, but like we said in the very beginning, confidence is a muscle and the more you use it, the stronger it gets. So when it comes to advocating for yourself at work, which we know how important that is, it's like take the baby steps of getting your boss used to saying yes to something. Not only do you build your confidence for whatever your big ass is, but you you're training them to also say yes to you and have confidence in your, you know, your ask or when you come to the table with something. And I think that's not something that people talk a lot about when it comes to like relationships with bosses and managers. But I mean, it's crucial to sort of how you create that influence and value that work with other people around you.
2: Yeah, I think the tip of doing baby steps is, like, so important, especially, like, long before you ever perceive that there's something you want to ask for or maybe advocate for yourself or if this is a muscle that you truly have never used um it kind of reminds me of when I was much younger I let things get to like a boiling point and then spoke up and I mean my face was red I was Mm -hmm. like completely blotched. your heart's going I mean I was like probably sounded like I was gonna cry even though it wasn't I was just like I got to a place of like actually anger which was really not great because I felt because well first of all I have like had spent months teaching people how to treat me and how to speak to me and that I wasn't going to bite back, I guess. And then (laughs) by the time I did, it was like a a very bad outcome. (laughs) She
0: bit.
1: (laughs) i think that's common though and also i think it is common for people not say anything not say anything and then they get to a boiling point and they finally and then they're like i'm trying a boundary and this is the thing and it's like okay Mm -hmm. so when we talk about boundaries boundaries are very important but you can't wait until the 11th hour to do it it's not a good strategy for you but you probably aren't going to get what you want because the 11th hour is a tough time to like start speaking up on something important. I really admire people who are like unapologetically like this is my boundary. This is a thing. And like they mm-hmm. don't waver from that. And I'm sure it gets easier to do that like consistently. But I don't know. I, I'm, my mom is kind of like that, Kaylee, where she's like, go along, get along. And then she like snaps. <laughs> we were talking about this weekend. I'm like, yeah, the zero to 60 thing is really alarming for people on the other end. Too, yeah. You know, <laughs> like what did I do?
0: <laughs> And I think also just it's a great way to like, I don't know, advocate for others as well, where it's like it, maybe it feels easier even to like because mm-hmm. you can see someone's mm-hmm. like needs are like great quality is a lot easier, maybe. So you can like warm yourself up if you're nervous about asking for something for yourself. It's just like, you know, advocating for others, promoting their work or, you know, if they did something great, just mentioning it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good strategy. If you struggle with this, start by lifting other people up first. Okay, so let's recap. The five habits that are destroying your confidence are number one, not taking a compliment or praise. Number two, insisting on perfection. Number three, comparing yourself to others. Number four, constant second guessing or analysis paralysis. And number five, staying silent when you want to speak up. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. We absolutely love hearing from you all. If you're looking for more information about strengthening your confidence, check out our
0: newest online course, The Confidence Crunch, Strengthening Your Confidence Muscle in 21 Days. Like we mentioned in the introduction, we're celebrating the launch of this course by giving you a bonus item, a deck of confidence cards valued at $45 for free when you enroll by Sunday, December 6th, 2020 at midnight.
2: We've made sure to link to the confidence crunch in the show notes, and we can't wait to help you become more confident in just 21 days.